What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. I'm Julian Osius, and I'm here at Brooklyn. What's going on, brother? What's good, bro? I'm doing good. How you doing? You know, we're, we're making it through. Uh, we got, I got a couple mm-hmm. days off, and I'm excited to kind of catch up on some sports. And, uh, Let's go. You know, we, we a got a sports to catch up on. Absolutely. A lot. We got a lot to catch up on, a lot to bring to you guys and talk about. And uh, mm-hmm. before we get into everything, I do want to plug that we will be having another episode this week. So if this week you were expecting a lot of football content, you're right. Just not right now. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for later in the week, probably around Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we're going to give you uh, our The Spectator's comprehensive NFL preview episode. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so you're not getting much football this week or this episode is pretty much the TLDR on that. Um, you know, we got a lot of NBA action and we got a lot of MLB action. So we're going to get into that. Starting with the NBA, we had some game sevens over mm-hmm. start or finishing up last week with two of the series out West. What do we got, bro? Man. The the ending of this uh, Houston Rockets Oklahoma City Thunder uh, game seven bro was nuts. It both teams were trying their best to lose this game come uh, crunch time and it was wild. Uh, it ends up being a two point game. They're going back and forth between uh, fouls, timeouts, who's doing what, who's throwing the ball out of bounds, and. Houston ends up pulling it out by the hair of James Harden's beard with that block on uh, Dort in the corner. And, yeah, man, that, that whole series ended up being really dope. They that... finally get Russ back uh, middle of the series. They uh, start bringing it all together, and there were too much. Yeah, and just a the series was really interesting, too, because neither Harden yeah. nor Westbrook really played particularly well. Um, mm-hmm. And everybody on the Thunder was playing very well. Like, Chris Paul and and um, Adams, not so much, but Chris Paul and Gallinari and Gilles Alexander really had a good series. Gallinari kind of didn't show up in that Game 7, though, which is kind of part of what happened with the score. But... Uh, the biggest moment for me was definitely that James Harden block, just because that's Man. not the the highlight we're used to seeing from him. And that was probably the biggest defensive play that I can think of him making in a in a long time, if yeah, if not ever. Nuts. Especially with how hot Dort was all game, the man dropped thirty. I think he's the only rookie to ever drop that much in a game seven. Yeah, so. You know, uh, Dort had a good game, and and Harden just happened to come up clutch right there. So that that series was really up and down and all over the place. Yeah, um, it looked like Houston had it, and then they tried to give it away, and they kept trying to give it away, and then Oklahoma really gave it away. It was, uh, you know, it kind of tells the story about those two teams. I feel like, yeah, especially it, Houston. When Houston's playing well, and we've seen this over the last couple of years, when they play well, they're almost unbeatable, and then. When the shots don't hit and they go missing 33s in a game against the Warriors and they're, you know, in a, in a game seven, yeah. that's, that's how you lose. And, and they feel like they do that more often than not. But, you know. And now being able to actually add that defense to the team now, which was lackluster over the years. But now you add Russ to that too, who's a defensive dog. 
And Harden, who stepped up his defensive game, man. Like yeah. We said it last week. Props to Harden for what he's been able to change his uh, narration about him because he's been balling on defense, and you yeah. got to give it to him. He's, he's definitely been much improved, and that's that's definitely a welcome sign to Rockets fans and, and them as an organization. Because that's just – when your best player is actually willing to play defense now, it, it – breeds like an air of confidence for everybody else to also want to play defense that's facts um so now the rockets they won that series against oklahoma city and now they're in the middle of a series against the los angeles lakers they took game one last night they played game two and that one was pretty close until the end the lakers kind of willed their way to victory um russ didn't play particularly well he's still trying to get himself together He, he came back hurt He's still trying to figure it out, and and he will because that's just the kind of guy he is. Uh, but yeah, that that's a good series. That one's tied up, and that's the Western Conference semifinals. That's that's what we're in now. Uh, yeah. Let's bounce to the other game seven. We had the Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets, and this this series was wild. <laughs> this is one of my favorite series of the playoffs right now. And um, did did somebody say three one lead? Somebody, it's tough. Somebody say three one lead. <laughs> it don't feel good. It doesn't feel good it at all. Not feel good. And it feels even worse that like this was something that never happened. It's blowing a three one lead, and then the Thunder did it a couple years ago to the Warriors, and ever since then. It has just become... I feel like it's just in the back of everybody's mind now, and it's like, we really don't want this to happen, but now we're pressing so hard that it's just inevitable. And pressing so hard is the exact phrase that I would use to describe what Donovan Mitchell was doing towards the end of this series. Donovan was phenomenal for the first handful of games, and even at the end, he was still really, really good. But you could tell in Game 6 and Game 7, towards the ends of these games, he was really starting to press. Mm-hmm. He was for he was trying to force like getting through the hole, getting to the bucket. He was trying to force passes through, and he was turning the ball over a lot. He was taking low percentage shots because of it. And I mean, the best way to fully describe it is in the last what five seconds, ten seconds of that game seven, Donovan Mitchell takes it to the tries to get into the paint, loses possession of the ball. It was a one-possession game at the time. Turns it over. Now Denver takes it and just runs up court. And now they have the ball, which they played that really poorly, by the way. They they could have just, yeah. like, taken their time, tried to get fouled. Instead, they went to actually try and make a bucket, missed it, and opened the door for a Mike Connolly three that, had it gone in, would have a very different team going on to play the Clippers. Um Connolly's it yeah, rimmed out. At, it actually uh, went in too. It, it yeah, it went in and out, which was nuts. And you look at uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, coming down the court on that too. After he turned the ball over, he's just laying down. He's mad. He thinks he the game's over right there. Yeah, and, and so if he's Denver gave him an opportunity to pass to... from Gobert, wow, man, he he was a sitting duck right there. He was wide open, but he had to get to the spot. And then by the time. Uh, he got there. Connolly already had the shot pretty much going up. Yeah. And so it was a good and, look, too. That's that's the scary thing. It was a good, yeah, relatively open look from Connolly. It was just kind of a pressure, fast-moving situation that he actually had on target again. And if that ball just decides to go in, um, 
the the dad superpowers would have been fully activated and Connolly <laughs> would have sent his team to yeah, that, that would have been nuts semi and I'm looking right now Donovan had uh, nine turnovers in that game seven yeah and like I said um you could tell too like it, there's one thing to be turning the ball over and that kind of happens when you're trying to be a playmaker like that's just kind of what comes with it but yeah. he was really like trying to be a playmaker like actively trying to make things happen when they otherwise might not have needed to be forced and 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 that's the young superstar exactly Exactly. that you have to groom into because you feel like you got to put everything on your shoulders you forget that you have teammates you want to be the guy and when you're balling like you did all series you're gonna think you could be that guy and it happens and sometimes it just don't roll your way and it'd be like that and and so donovan will bounce back for sure um, yeah, you can't be mad at what this kid did. No, and, and he's he had a better season this year than he did last, and he had a phenomenal rookie season. So he's going to bounce back, and he's he's a bona fide star, keeping in mind that like, and health and just, everything. Um, and you got to give props to like the Utah Jazz team in a whole for what they went through. For them to rally together after everybody thought like they were just not going to be able to get that chemistry back at all. And they managed to just put everything to the side, squash it, and run it up. And they played their hearts out. They, they almost pulled it out. They almost went on. But it's yeah. tough. And, and we knew that was going to be a tough series from the start just because those teams were both very similar, very deep teams. And, uh, you know, I feel like they play each other every year, like I said before. And uh, it went Denver's yeah. way this year. So that's kind of how it works. Uh, now Denver is in a series against the LA Clippers, and they are also tied one to one. The Clippers took their lunch money in Game One. Um, they really just kind of beat the brakes off them. Game yeah, Two they, was a much better game. Nuggets didn't have any type of legs. To yeah, they go were play t- that like game. if I don't know if everybody saw it, but after the game in Game Seven, Gary or was it Gary Harris or? Or um, Murray. Murray got interviewed yeah, Jamal Murray. after the game on SVP. And SVP was just like, now how do you guys prepare for uh, your game in two days? And he was Murray was just like, huh? We don't, we don't get two full days off? <laughs> oh, man. He was like, just. He just looked defeated, Defeated. Man. He's like, man, we don't have those extra days off. And, and yeah, that, that's the that's died. the <laughs> negative of going seven games. You don't get extra days off, and the other teams rested. Yeah. So they came out in game one and just got whooped because that was what was always going to happen. Now, I actually feel like it was the opposite for the Rockets against the Lakers game one. I feel like they were fresh, and the Lakers were kind of getting stagnant a little bit for not playing for a couple days. So and that's why they ended up pulling that out. Yeah, but, and I yeah. think and I think part of that too is the Lakers weren't playing particularly well. Yeah, they they beat the Trailblazers pretty bad, but they were a beat up team uh, with with not much depth. That by game three they were just exhausted, right? Yeah, and so the Lakers didn't really have a whole lot of resistance that series, so they didn't have to play at their best. The Clippers. Although they kind of dispatched of the Mavericks pretty quickly, that was a very, like, tough series just because yeah, Doncic and all the drama with that and, and and he just played so well and the Mavericks did not want to lay down. 
but besides game five, yeah, <laughs> game, game five was terrible yeah, for the Mavs, and that's and you know that's kind of how it be. But <laughs> so I think the Clippers were were rested, but they were going in playing well, whereas the Lakers were yeah. not playing well. They didn't need to play particularly great in the first series, so they kind of came out a little sluggish. Yeah, they weren't playing really too much of any like high pressure basketball, like maybe for spurts throughout the game. But nothing too, too crazy where they were actually getting their legs moving. They were hype, adrenaline running, and going to carry over to the next series or next game. Nothing really of that nature. So, yeah. So, the the West has been fun, especially the second round. The West is uh, competitive. I mean, it's one to one now, so we don't know how these series are going to end up. But I do hope that they maybe not go seven, but give us a little bit of a, a little bit of spice, you know, a little spice. Yeah, I'm excited to see how this uh, Houston LA series really pans out. Yeah, that that's the one that I think will be closer. I think the the because Nuggets like, are just actually gassed. Yeah, because like game one, you know how LeBron is. He feels it out. He's not really going to go full LeBron. So any LeBron team losing game one, it's pretty much expected. But once he starts getting that feel, and now if Russ could really step it up and bring what Russ can bring to the table and the shooting woes aren't there for the Rockets, it's going to be a really fun series, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm hyped. Uh, let's move out east, just kind of talk about it real quick. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that we didn't expect, I don't think anybody that no. <laughs> no watched any basketball this season expected, not that the Miami Heat are bad by any means. They, they've been a great team no. this year that have exceeded expectations. Jimmy Butler has fit really well with them as we kind of expected uh, with those young guys. But the just collapse of the Bucks. This was a defensive-oriented team that just completely forgot how to do that against Miami. Uh, Giannis, although he's he's kind of hurt now, so I, I imagine he's been hurt all series, um, which is an excuse. It just kind of is what it is. Um, he came out in Game 4 towards the end of that, and... They said he sprained his ankle right before the game, but he was going to play anyway. Yeah, it was a game time. Um, but even, like, without that, I'm sure everybody's hurt, so that's kind of, like, one of those things. Uh, the Heat were just giving it to him. Jimmy Butler has just been a man on a mission. Yeah, bro. It's fun to watch. It is fun to watch because I feel like I have never seen Jimmy in an environment that completely trusts him. And that he runs the yeah. show, and they trust him, and it just works. It just works because Jimmy's always been the type of guy that plays basketball very hard. He plays like the quote unquote right way, right? Plays hard. Yeah, Jimmy's a he, dog. He does what he does, but but he's not afraid to call people out. He's not afraid to say that things were done wrong or things weren't done a certain way. And in Philly, I guess that didn't roll because he wasn't the top dog quote-unquote same thing out in minnesota he wasn't the top dog so it didn't work and he was younger in chicago so you know exactly and uh but now he's that top dog and they know it he knows it and they all listen to him and trust him and it's you're seeing exactly what he can bring to a team and the bucks were the best team in basketball all regular season (laughs) yeah uh Giannis was incredible and he just got shut down. Absolutely shut down. 
And so now all the rumors are swirling. Is Giannis going to stay? Because no team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. Now, the Bucks did win game four, so it's 3-1 now. But no team has Off-time. ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. I think it's 0-179. Yeah, it's nuts. And off the back of uh, Chris Middleton dropping 36 points, they end up winning in overtime. And that's over. it took overtime to get their one win. Yeah. And even that, it wasn't even a cakewalk. No. It, it went all the way up to the very last shot. So if, so. if Milwaukee's going to have a chance in this series, which I'm not sure they do, especially if Giannis doesn't play, then it's pretty much over. But if they're going to have yeah. a chance, they're going to have to – dig deep and uh, do something nobody else has done. And, it's uh, going to be tough. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be tough. If Giannis especially isn't healthy. The, the type uh, of guys they have on the other side. Yeah. So, I just don't see it happening no. if Giannis isn't healthy. I, I don't either. And, you know, that that's the that's the beauty of having to play out the, the playoffs, right? Usually it's chalk. Usually the one and the higher seeds win and move on. And usually the finals is pretty obvious. But it's not always the case, and that's why we play the games. Exactly. And uh, the Heat showed that they they want to be here. And you know, I, I if they keep playing like case. this, they got a good chance to keep doing it for the rest of the way too. So, yeah, um, without a doubt, man. Oh, and and those rumors I mentioned, um, something something Giannis leaving. What is that about? Where where might know, he go? We we got some spice going on. So if the there's been it's been a rumor all year, right? So the Bucks have underachieved in the playoffs the last two years. Now, granted, two years ago they were really weren't supposed to be great. Last year they should have done better, right? The Raptors yeah. wind up winning everything, getting to the finals, winning it all. Uh, so now there's all these uh, these rumors. Is is Giannis happy in Milwaukee? Is he comfortable there? This that this that. And now, as it looks like they're on the brink of elimination, the the real rumors are starting. So people are saying, is Giannis going to go mm-hmm. to Toronto? Is Giannis going to go to Golden State? Is Giannis going to go to Miami? Um, it, I don't know if he's going to leave Milwaukee. I feel like he really likes it there. But at the same time, if he does want to take that step and get that ring that he certainly deserves, he, it might be in his best interest. Yeah, man. Like, I've always been saying, like, Giannis seems a loyal dude. He wants to be like that, stick with the team, grind it out, try to make something happen. But if time after time it's not happening and you're not happy, <laughs> especially with, like, some good places that he could fit into, bro. And oh, yeah. Like, I think I think him going to Toronto would be such a good fit. Oh, man. Such a good fit. Oh, it'll be nuts. It'll be absolutely nuts. Yeah. And, and then even him on Miami, like, that would be crazy. Him on Golden State would just be mean. It would be really mean. mean. It, would, it would certainly be mean. Because now they they get Steph and Clay back, and now they get Giannis. Like, oh, come on. And a number one or the two overall pick? Come on. Come on. Yeah, and just, like, going off of, like, playoff teams that he could end up, like, Portland is a pretty good spot for him too. Him go play with Dame, two dudes that are just dogs. So that's a nice little one. Like even Dallas, Dallas could be a sneaky little spot for him to land too. Yeah. So he has a lot of options certainly, and I know a lot of people would love to have 
the Greek oh, freak absolutely. on their team. So, absolutely, we'll keep an eye on that. I kind of hope he stays, but if he leaves, it will be very, very exciting. Especially if he doesn't wind up going to Golden State, because then it'll be like actually some competition. Because if he goes to Golden State, I think it's just GGs. Yeah, I want him to stay because then Milwaukee loses their star. They're gonna lose their hype right now. The market is gonna just start depleting again, like mm-hmm. it usually does. So being able to see that other team in a conference being able to come up to the top, it's dope to see. And if he does leave, I really hope he stays in the East because again, that superstar power you you need it. You you need it in the conference because if people just keep on going out west. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's nothing to go on. I also don't see the Why point is... in going out to the West. You already have Kawhi, LeBron, AD, Dame, Jokic, Harden, Harden, Westbrook, Chris Paul. Why do you want to play against all these guys in the playoffs? Yeah, just don't make sense to me. But so you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, flip over to the last game going on real quick in the NBA. We got the Toronto Raptors versus the Boston Celtics. Which this one looked like it was going to be a blowout to start. Boston, mm-hmm. Boston in game one just dominated. Game two was much closer, but Boston pulled it out. And then all of a sudden, you get a the real, uh, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, Hail Mary pass from Kyle Lowry to the corner to OG. Hits the game winner in the corner. What, 0.5 seconds left on the clock? Like, he caught and shot it and went in. And this was one of those, like... Not even a whole second. We got .5 on the clock. This was one of those, like, movie type of shots. It was one of those, like, why is he open? And how does he get it? Like, you know when in a movie when there's, like, three seconds left and that three seconds, like, 30? It it was kind of like that. Um, So that shot makes it a 2-1 series, and then Toronto comes in and kind of dominates game four. And so just like that, that one shot makes this an Mm -hmm. even series pretty much. And uh, this is my other favorite series to watch right now because I mean the talent on these teams is just nuts, and the way they play too are very very similar. They're both yeah defensive first teams with a lot of offensive options. Everybody is willing to do anything that they're asked of because I mean on any given night the Raptors will have Fred Van Fleet, uh, or Siakam, or Norman Powell, or Kyle Lowry score thirty right. Same thing with the yeah. the Celtics. It'll be Jason Tatum one night. It'll it'll be uh, I'm blanking on names. Marcus Brown, Smart, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. uh, Gordon Hayward's even kind of there, pre- pretending to be a bad. Or is he out for the season? He's out. He's out for the season. Yeah. Yeah, they don't even got him. So, but they have a bunch of guys too, and so they play the same there way. There's talks that if they uh, make it to the next round, he actually might be available for Hayward. So, yeah. That would be interesting. So that's something to keep a look at. That's definitely something to keep an eye out. He hasn't been, like, incredible this year, but he's definitely been yeah. a, a factor. And he's not what they And, signed. I mean, it's definitely somebody you want on the team as, like, a fourth, fifth option. Oh, 100%. But they definitely signed <laughs> like, him to be a two option, and it's kind of not turned out that way. And that's yeah, that's how it be sometimes. And it'd be like that. You really do. Yeah, the, this series is fun. Yeah, and so um, make sure you're checking out your brackets. Because they are starting to uh, heat up. I know we put out a post saying like who the top five people were. And we tagged mm-hmm. everybody that was in that. Um, but if the Heat wind up winning this, I think most people's brackets are, are decently busted. Um, 
Unless you got the and, heat winning that, then shout out because you're gonna be you're gonna have a really big leg up on a lot of people. And this round, you can get a potential four points each uh, series, so comebacks are there. Yeah, yeah, nobody's out of it yet. Exactly. E- even if you're in first place, you you are not safe. Exactly. So so let's uh let's go over to baseball for a little bit. We don't have a whole lot to talk about with baseball, but we do want to kind of catch up. Because we talked a lot about our awards last week, but we didn't talk too much about teams in general, right? Mm-hmm. And so, to nobody's surprise, the LA Dodgers are the best team in baseball. It's nuts. They got 40-plus wins already. Um, 40. Or 30. not 40. 30. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even 40 games in. They got 30 wins already, <laughs> which is the most in baseball. I think yeah. that's the most by, like, four or five games, too. Uh, uh, two games. No, it's by two. Okay, so the the Dodgers are thirty two or thirty and twelve, and the Tampa Bay Rays, the the home home favorites over here for the spectators, not for us, but for the area. Uh, mm-hmm. They're twenty eight and thirteen, and they're on a uh, eight and two run in their last ten. They've been playing really good baseball. Yeah. Um, and not really to anybody's surprise. I mean, at least for us, we knew that they were going to be a good team this year. Uh, fully expected it. Now, I didn't know if they were going to be this not good. But. As much as like what they're doing that's surprising is just like how the division is playing out as well for them. Oh, yeah, with um, with how bad the Red Sox are uh, and just like how injured and battered the Yankees are, th- this is a really good time for them to be playing well. Because they've played well in the past, but it's also when the Yankees are hitting 60 home runs in a month. So exactly. So now they finally picked a good time to be playing well, and um, yeah, they're, they're running they're, with it. Yeah, they're so probably going to win the division. Out. And yeah, and you got a uh, Toronto now with all their acquisitions from uh, the trade deadline and everything. They're making a run too. Yeah. They're in second place in the AL East. Yeah, Toronto's certainly making a push. And an interesting thing too is Toronto and the Yankees have ten games against each other coming up yeah and they're they're one and two so those games will likely not only this figure out who's going to be the number two seed in the east but also if the other is going to end up being that seven or eight spot for the extra extra wild cards so there's a lot of implications a bunch of games in that series you might not even make the playoffs yeah exactly and uh which scares the daylights out of me because the yankees are just stinky right now They're, they're in a slump like no other man it's bad. Uh, somebody like, I'm not, not going to make slump, excuses though. about like injuries and everything. It's tough, but like even the people that are there right now, they're just not hitting. Yeah, and <laughs> you you can't do anything about it. Uh, I do want to say uh, somebody and some people not in a slump right now. The Chicago White Sox. Love it. Those boys it, are just destroying the baseball. All of them. The dogs. All of them. <laughs> They're just outscoring they're, you. They're young, hungry there. dogs. And they're, they're actually playing really similar to how I expected um, the Reds to play this year. So I expected yep. the Reds to be really solid at pitching and then just score six, seven, eight runs a game. And that's pretty much what the White Sox are doing. They're scoring like five, six, seven a game. Um you know they're they're playing like their last series was was against the Royals, but they scored five at least in all four of those games. And uh, they're they're just hitting and hitting and hitting. And Jose Abreu's playing great. Luis Roberts having 
the rookie season that we all expected from uh, the Dominican mm-hmm. Mike Trout. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Tim Anderson's just nuts as well, just consistently hitting the ball. Man doesn't stop as well. Yeah, and then so. you have um, San Diego still playing great with all the moves they made. They are playing, um, you know, they're playing a little bit better because they had a little slump there. Uh, the mm-hmm. Rockies kind of fell off a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of like who else. The Phillies finally figured it out a little bit because they were playing bad baseball. Yeah, they were uh, fourth place in that uh, division. Now they're sitting three games behind Atlanta at number two. Yeah, so so they're starting to figure it out over there. Oakland still being Oakland, and then uh, the Astros are are certainly struggling a little bit, which mm-hmm. makes sense because. The two best players with Bregman and Altuve are just not playing up to scruff. With uh, Verlander yeah. out for the year, they're trying to figure out their starting pitching, although Zach Greinke has been phenomenal. And, you know, they're figuring it out. The, um, and shout out to the AL West for being able to keep Houston in second place. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Oakland for that. Uh, thank you. Now they're still going to make the playoffs because – Seattle's just not going to unless something crazy happens but yeah and but that's the crazy thing about like uh the central for me in the AL all three of those teams are at 25 or 26 wins right they're all a game between each other so if Minnesota beats Mm -hmm. Chicago tomorrow they're the one seed but if they lose two in a row they're gonna be the eight or the seven overall seed that's crazy so it's just one of those things that um you got to make the most against these uh, these division rivals and uh, try and get as much leeway as you can before the injuries and all that start to add up. Facts. So, you know, we're we're about 40 games in, so we, we're on the final, like, 20-game stretch for the MLB season. Again, um a lot to figure out because some teams are there's so many playoff teams that there's just a lot of teams fighting for a spot yeah this is going to go down to the last game oh without it, a hundred percent for a bunch of teams and the last game might fully switch up what you're seeing in the playoffs and who's playing who yeah so i'm excited for that this is again we were talking about it before uh we started recording this is one of those years that we've we've never had this much sports in early september yeah. And football's kind of just snuck up on us. It's wild. Bro. It's, like, it's crazy. We're trying to keep up with everything, and it's just getting bombarded. It's nuts. And then, but it's then dope. College you, you football complain, looming. Man. And, like, yeah. it, it's just one of those things that there's so much. Like, we haven't even started talking about the NHL yet. And we're going to talk a little bit about that once the, um, the conference finals are set. And we can kind of, like, mm-hmm. go in and just figure out four teams since we're not the big hockey guys over here um i am excited for uh lightning islanders though yeah that's that, that's set that's that's and that's cool i'm excited to see that that's gonna be fun uh, okay see. i know all of our uh, tampa listeners are excited yeah i mean tampa's just gonna excited. be um, the bucks look great they got Fournette this week that's something big that we'll talk yeah, about we, did, in the we next didn't even episode. talk about that yeah we'll <laughs> talk about that in the next episode with all the football stuff but yeah. I mean, the Bucks look great. The The Lightning are in the conference finals, and the Rays are looking like a World Series team. So, 
Yeah. Good so. time for Tampa sports. Absolutely. Good time for the city. Mm-hmm. So we're going to. fun, though. Even, What's up? Even being in the city, seeing everything uh, happen like that. It's dope. I, it just sucks that we finally have, like, really good sports across the board, and we can't even go out to celebrate it. Yeah, could you imagine the city and, like, going to all the games right now if everything was popping? Oh, man. Bro. Oh, man. It would be nuts. And there's just It'll so much nuts. excitement, too, because the Bucks have all these expectations. And then the Rays and the Lightning are playing at the same time as the Bucks are also going to be playing. So you just finally got all three teams good and for the only time ever playing at the same time. It's yeah. just very exciting. Yeah, it's sick. But we're going to move on over to your your grandmother's favorite section of the spectators. Okay. Smart or stupid. Brooke, you got one for me? I do. So this one, I was hyped, man. I was coming back from work, checked my phone, saw the nudes break, and whew, I had to pull over. <laughs> Steve Nash gets hired by the Brooklyn Nets to be the new head coach. So shout out to that. Um, after news breaks, Stephen A. Smith, being Stephen A. Smith, hops on a first take. And this is where the smart stupid comes in. He says that Steve Nash's uh, hiring is a product of white privilege that a white man with no NBA head coaching experience gets hired. So smart or stupid? What do you think about that? Huh. Um, I, I didn't hear the, the Stephen A quote, so that's, um, hmm. It's definitely interesting because there were a lot of head coach options that mm-hmm. have experience, and this is a team that the Nets have that all they really need is a guy who knows how to win to guide them and just make mm-hmm. the you know, bring the to the type of aura that they're gonna need. So I see where that that angle is coming from. Giving the job to Steve Nash is really really cool because Steve Nash is obviously an all time great, um, one of the best point guards of all time. He ran in the the D'Antoni offense, so he's an offensive minded guy. It is a little weird to me that he got the job because why would you give a first time coach a team with let's not sugarcoat it a lot of personalities <laughs> with Kevin Durant as being the the whatever he is uh Kyrie has always been a locker room enigma I don't want to say a problem but an enigma and then all okay. the young guys over there right so it it is a little interesting that they bring in a brand new head coach that's never actually done this before um is it the product of white privilege I'm sure there's that's part of it um but I don't think that was a deciding factor in it. I don't really know yeah. what the deciding factor would have been, but I, I don't know how great this hiring was. I think it's a fun hiring. Yeah. Certainly. And I think this hiring would have been phenomenal two years ago pre-KD and Kyrie. But now that you have those two guys, it feels a little odd to me, personally. Yeah, and um, like there's been first-time black head coaches and like yeah there's definitely not as many as there should be but uh the thing is with the nets like the the ones that were an option you got ty Lue and you got mark jackson me personally i wasn't really comfortable with either of them because like mark jackson yeah he got the warriors to where they were 
developing them, bringing them to that uh, point. And it's like, we just had a developmental coach in Kenny Atkinson. Get rid of him. So no really, not really a need to have that. Ty Lue, on the other hand, I still believe is just off the strength of LeBron that he has the ring. So, I mean, right there, that's tough. And then, like, the other option was pop. That wasn't going to happen. Like, that was just a pipe dream for the last couple of years that everybody's been rocking with. So, I mean, like, why not just go with a guy that has a little bit of chemistry with your star player and make it work from there? A great point guard could help Kyrie even more. Got that little Dallas connection with uh, DeAndre. So, I mean, the pieces fit. So, like like you said, it's a fun hiring. I don't think it's the best one, but, I mean, it could end up being really dope. And it could mesh really nicely. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I think um, another guy like David Fisdale would probably would have been the best for the job. Um, yeah, and we see what Fisdale's been doing, though. Like, Fisdale's been an anomaly in himself. Yeah. But so, yeah, I don't know. That, that's that one, another thing. That one's that one's definitely interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know how I, I feel, feel like about the hiring. The but... the options weren't really there, so it's like, why not go get somebody with pedigree? Yeah. And Steve Nash is a smart dude. He's the Hall of Famer, two time MVP, one of the best point guards ever, and you got one of the best point guards ever on the team. So I mean, run it up, see what happens. He was there in Golden State. What KD? You got you guys hear the uh, there. you guys hear the Brooklyn fan in them, huh? You hear the optimism. I mean, you is anything you, I'm saying not hear, facts though? <laughs> I know, but it's, you hear the you hear the blind <laughs> optimism. Is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, nothing it's, I'm saying. It's in the facts. voice. I hear it. All right, I got I got a smarter stupid for you. We're gonna completely right, change sports. This is something we usually don't cover. I would like to cover it more, just not mm-hmm. something that we do. Um, the U.S. Open for tennis was taking place this mm-hmm. week out in New York. And number one player in the world, Novak Djokovic, um, is in his match against the number 20 player in the world. He loses a point, um, kind of gets a little frustrated, hit, hits the ball towards the back end of his zone, and absolutely drills one of the <laughs> ladies on the side. Right uh, in the throat. Right in the throat. That girl was hyperventilating going through <laughs> Uh, they talk it over, try and figure out what's happening. They decide to disqualify Djokovic. Yeah. Is it smart or stupid to disqualify the number one player in the world for an accident? It, it's tough. Because, like, you want to say stupid, but then you look at the replays and stuff, and it's like, obviously he didn't mean to hit her right there and even hit her in general. And, like, if it doesn't hit the throat... If it hits anywhere else, like, it's probably fine. But it's like, since there was a little bit of attitude, spikes it over there because he's mad. And the fact that it does hit her, like, it, it's hard to say stupid, but it's hard to say smart at the same time. So it, it's a really tough one. I guess, like, it's fine that they get him out of there. Like, it is what it is. They want to set an example. Don't, like, get mad, I guess. But... Yeah, it's a weird one. It's definitely a weird one. It's definitely a weird one. And I was at work watching this, and I saw the match was going on, and then uh, our buddy Devin looks at me. He's like, dude, you see what happened? I was like, no. He's like, Djokovic <laughs> lost. Like, huh? The game The game was, like, early. Tells you why. I was like, huh? 
it's it was one of those like really really strange things that's actually happened a couple of times so there is like a precedent for it and i think that's like at least good that there's something that came first and that's happened that we understand that this is like what happens when you do this Mm -hmm. but just really really strange especially like the best in the world and that's how he loses yeah it's wild like (laughs) it's weird any way you look at it but you know so we're not we're not tennis guys so we don't really know we'll we'll get there one day but that day day. is not now (laughs) but as always guys thank you so much for listening uh, do stay tuned for our l- second episode of the week. It will be all about football. We're trying to get everybody hyped up. Um, I hope everybody's fantasy drafts went well. Your team probably stinks, so don't look at it too long. Um, <laughs> I hope your team, your leagues are going well. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Later, everybody.